Well, hello and welcome to another afternoon Ask Anything. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And if you're not listening to my Daily Shot podcasts, that's plural, you hear the S in there, of Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates, they're available every weekday morning, uh, bright and early before you get up. Trust me, they're up before you get up. They're about 16, 17 minutes each, which is I've been told that the average commute to work is 17 minutes. So whatever it is that you have to say uh, in this realm, make sure that you say it within that time span. So I try to assure that that's done. And uh, we're going to get started with your questions on, you know what, absolutely anything at all. In fact, being that it's Friday, feel free to go nuts even beyond uh, the usual realm. Let's get started here with Billy. Billy says, DK, you're the best in the Berg. That's way too nice of a compliment this early in the day for me to absorb it. If the Penguins were fully healthy, what do you think that their two, three, and four lines would be? Billy puts me right on the spot with a list-type question. Um, the two would be Malkin between McCann and Kapanen. The three is TBA, and I would love if the four were the Bluger. Tanev and Aston Reese line. Um, if you had, let's say, Zucker, Eric Stahl, and Anthony Angelo, but then that would leave out new heroes, Freddie Goudreau and everything else here. Chris Handlovich, my man! <laughs> What's happening, Handlovich? Hey, DK, I never catch these live things, so I figured I'd stop and say hi. It's good to hear from you, dude. One of these days, we're going to have meetups again. Handlovich has a special, special place in my heart. Brad Altina asks, what is your favorite sports moment as a kid? Um, you know, there was so much to pick from because as a child, when you're talking about child, like pre-10 years old, whatever, was when the uh, Pirates and Steelers were winning everything in the 1970s. Uh, it's hard to pick one uh, from that group, but I I took the 1979 World Series very, very, very seriously. Um, but from a singular moment standpoint, I'd go with John Milner's Grand Slam at Three River Stadium the previous year. And if you don't know what that is, you're going to have to ask somebody because it's, it's quite the story. The late John Milner. Gary says, hi, Dan. Is the Penguins power play actually better with two defensemen? I've always felt that way. Unless 66 was on the point. I've always felt that way. I don't see the benefits of having players back there, A, who are not natural at defending, and B, whose first inclination is to do something other than to shoot the puck. You know, the power play is still about getting the puck to the net, crashing and burying. Unless you have just mega elite 1993 penguins uh type of talent out there and you know not everyone does eric asks brandon tanev tomorrow you know i wouldn't be surprised to see tanev uh back into practices slash warm-ups before long there's no indication that his injury is longer term. And one thing that the Penguins would never concede is that you don't need Brandon Tanev to beat the Buffalo Sabres. So I was hoping that 
these back-to-backs against the Sabres might offer a couple of guys who are kind of in that iffy, iffy category a chance to uh, to mend up a little bit here. Tim asks, how about the Dolphins trading pick three with San Francisco and then back-to-back six with Eagles? Well, the the news here is that you needed to give up three draft picks to move up. <laughs> you know, It's expensive. And when the Steelers get to the point where they're – Shopping for a franchise quarterback, like really shopping, like draft shopping, you had better have a lot of capital, a lot of capital, and that includes draft capital, and you're going to have to get it along the way. This is why I don't let the Steelers off the hook for the way the 2020 cap was managed and for other long view things. It's really cute and cool that they come into camp every year and Mike Tomlin says every year is a Super Bowl year. Every year our goal is to win a Super Bowl. That's great and it sounds good and it gets all kinds of hurrahs from everybody, but it's not necessarily the best path to winning a Super Bowl. Saxon says if the playoffs started tomorrow, are you starting Jari or DeSmith? Oh wow, that's it's Tristan Jari times 100. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I know what Casey DeSmith has done, but I know that he's done it in half as many games uh, as Jari has. I'll presume, I I know you're a subscriber to DK Pittsburgh Sports, you saw the column that I put together on this last night from uh, from PPG Paints Arena, but these two guys, the tandem of Jari and DeSmith, have the best combined save percentage in the NHL since February one. That's two months. That's three quarters of the current season. So if it hadn't been for those first couple of weeks in which they were actually arguably the worst in the NHL, the whole world would be singing about both of them. But uh, Jari is absolutely the guy, uh, bigger, more athletic, and everything else here. But it's really nice to know that you've got a fail-safe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, here, Justin asks, Hey, DK, are the Pens in for a rude awakening with the next four games being against the Islanders in Boston, missing five of nine top formers? Formers? Oh, he means forwards. Seems impossible to overcome. Well, I think it is. And I think it is going to be rough. Uh, you're going to have to start getting some players back here. Uh, you can applaud Freddie Goudreau and Radim Zahorna and Anthony Angelo all you want. Uh, the fact of the matter is is that those guys aren't going to beat the Islanders or the Bruins. And I would hope that through this period, not that I'm excuse-making in advance, but then I don't have to make excuses because I'm not the one that's going out there competing. I would hope that there's some perspective involved in what's to come in these four games. And I hope that it's realized and discussed a little bit more than it is currently how many important players are missing right now. And the fact that the Penguins lead the NHL in man games lost to injury. Again, David asks, what's a realistic return for Marcus Pedersen? 
and I do listen to the Penguins podcast, means meaning the Daily Shot, every morning when I'm walking the dog. I just have to say, first of all, I've heard so many people say that in lieu of the morning commute, they're listening to the Daily Shot while the dog is walking. Now, the dog is going to take occasional breaks to do his business, and I just hope that you're thinking of me <laughs> as the dog is doing this. Realistic return for Pedersen. Marcus Pedersen, to me, is a good young hockey player. I don't throw out his name as potential trade bait because, oh, he's having a rough stretch. Trade that bum. Trades aren't punitive. That's like to Joe Fan, that kind of nonsense. You actually prefer to trade players who are doing really, really well, kind of like what we're talking about with the Pirates and Adam Frazier right now. I'd rather not give up Pedersen. But Pedersen has a cap hit in the three and four million range. If you move Pedersen, then you can take on cap hit. Furthermore, Pedersen can internally be replaced because you've got not one but two other left-handed defensemen still available to you on your NHL depth chart in Pierre-Olivier Joseph and Yuso Rikola. That's why. Realistic return? I don't know. I, get me a third-line center. That, that's what I'm looking at here. Suitcase Johnny says, DK, I get the sense that you play guitar. If I'm right, what kind of guitar do you have? I have an, an authentic and now aged Fender Strat, and it is a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, it's also beautiful because of a lack of use because I do this all the time. I played a ton when I was younger, uh, and then I put the thing away in a really nice shiny case, and it's well-preserved. I bring it out maybe once or twice a year. Uh, if that, are you offering a jam session? Suitcase Johnny sounds like it would offer a jam session, that kind of moniker. Because I can do that. We can have like a, a Dead Kennedys revival. CV Reborn asks, do you see any possibility that guys like Nathan Legere or Samuel Poulant get a chance with all these injuries? No, none, zero, none. Uh, complete zero, No. <laughs> they're they're not on the radar. Um, this that that's kind of a acute potential solution to to a to a real problem. Um, Leg uh, Poulin is ahead of Legere, and Poulin is not ready for the NHL. I've watched him and watched him carefully in training camp. I had hoped that he would be. He is not. You will continue to see taxi squad and so forth. But you know, again. I didn't mean to knock what Goudreau uh, and Zahorna have done in very, very brief spurts, but you know it was the Buffalo Sabers. Let's let's keep perspective on that. Brandon Bouchard asks a uh, question that is near and dear to my heart: Is there a work stoppage in MLB next year? What are the chances the new CBA will have significant changes? These sides have acrimony unlike any in any sports labor. There, there's nothing approaching it. I believe you're going to see drama times 10. It's just a matter of to what degree that drama bands together the owners. Everyone says the players will never accept a salary cap. They don't have to. The owners just have to implement it. They have to be unified. And then if there is a work stoppage, they need to say, hey, we're just going to shut down. 
we're going to shut down until you see things our way. That's what happened in hockey. Not more complicated than that. What are the chances? Uh, I don't bet on anything positive. And I don't bet on any positive outcome ever as it relates to baseball. DK Line SD asks, are you optimistic that the Steelers can build a respectable running game before next season? Optimistic would be way strong. If they were to draft a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne, I'd feel a whole lot better about it. But then think of all the variables that come after that. You've got to have an offensive line that is, while it might be more energetic and younger than last year's, has zero time played together, learning schemes, putting schemes into motion, and then there's the not-so-small matter of the quarterback wanting to run the ball and sticking by the run when it doesn't go well. Optimistic, no. Optimistic. Is it possible? Sure. Sure. Ron Harriott says, bet on the Pirates to win the division. 100 bucks gets you 6500 Um, No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I've been really pleased with what I've seen of the Pirates this spring. I'm not betting on them to win the division. I actually don't bet on sports. Darth asks, who's better, Davidis Nevarowskis or Mark Jankowski? See, I knew I was going to start getting tagged with scapegoating Jankowski. Uh, he just actually happens to stink. If if Jankowski goes out there at any point and plays well, you got to trust me. I, I reverse course on these things. I do it pretty routinely. I don't look at these things as some, as some sort of badge of honor where I've got to show everybody that I'm right and I was right. I couldn't care less. I'm trying to be as honest with you in the moment as I can. And if that comes across as wishy-washy uh, over the course of time, to me it's worth it because I think people will just trust that what you're saying is authentic instead of manufactured. Jankowski stinks. Very first game the Penguins played this season, he was outstanding. Every game since then, he has stunk. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. I know the guy. How can you know anybody in, in Corona time? Everything is Zoom call and this sort of thing, right? Suitcase Johnny says he will jam with me anytime I like. Keep playing that guitar, man. Okay, Johnny, but you got to work on your... Uh, you got to work on your uh, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. The entire album, front and back, by the Dead Kennedys. Let's see who else we got here. Mike Spagnol says PO is cheaper and brings more. I don't know that he brings more. I, I, I'm I, I'm not going to be piling on to Marcus Patterson. Uh, I think this is a really really good hockey player who had a bit of a rough stretch this year and nothing more. Uh, we we don't have to pile on somebody just because we think they're getting traded. You know, it's it just like that telling yourself bad things about the boyfriend or girlfriend before you break up. You know, you don't have to do that. Eric says, which team gets most positively affected by fans returning? Are you referring to Pittsburgh teams? I think that's what you're asking. Uh, the most positively affected by fans returning. Well, I, the, I think the logical answer there is the Penguins uh, because they'll be the most affected by it because they're in season as fans are coming back into the building. Uh, right now it's 2,800. It's, it's 2,800. It's actually done really well. They got a good KC. KC chance started last night in the third period. 
It is not easy for anybody who isn't a regular at sporting events to start a chant when people are all spread out. You know, you got to have some some mojo happening in your section to get it going. And to their credit, they pulled that off. But it's going to go from twenty eight hundred. It's going to uh, to four thousand, and then who knows from there. But ideally, for the Penguins, it it would get to some normal level by the time playoffs start, and that's that's a big deal. That's a big impact. Dante Matthews says, "I can't take Bob Nutting seriously. Why should I?" Dante, I don't care if you do or you don't, man. I really don't. I don't have a horse in this race. You know, uh, I'm not here to defend or support or anything. The guy, I just, I cover the baseball team. Uh, I know him personally. I know him to be a really good man personally, but that's not what you're asking. You're asking about how he runs the baseball team and so forth. You support whoever it is that you want. That's... Uh, that's not my place to tell you what to do. I can tell you my opinions uh, on people here. Drew asks, <clears throat> let me take another sip of this coffee here. This is the only reason this show happens. Drew asks, in all your time covering the Pirates, what's your favorite uniform? Mine was the gray with the pinstripes. Uh, you know, Drew, I'm, I'm sold uh, for all eternity on the sleeveless brand from the 1960s. I, I feel like that's the one where you look at historical Pirates footage. And I'm not just talking about mass circling the bases. But if I see a baseball uniform and you can't tell what the numbers are and you can't tell what's on the front of the jersey, but you see the sleeveless, you know, or you, at least you think you know it was the Pirates. And to me, that's cool. That's a little bit of a trademark. And the Pirates, to their credit, uh, 20 years ago, tried to bring these back. The PNC Park era began, and it was the players who hated them. Uh, Jack Wilson and Freddie Sanchez used to complain about them every single day because there was some kind of impact that it would have on their arms or some sweat thing under their armpits or I, I don't even remember but they just hated them and the pirates ended up burying these things and and, and i would imagine they've now been buried uh, forever let's see what else we got here bill asks hey dk watched kumar rocker last night his velocity was down a little you have convinced me to take a better look at lighter i don't want you to take a better look at lighter bill as much as i want you to just stay open-minded you know, I, I shouldn't say to you, you can do whatever you want. Me, I'm just staying open-minded. I'm letting this go. I would really hope from a sports standpoint, from a decision standpoint, that the Pirates are similarly open-minded. My understanding is that they are. Why wouldn't you be? There are months of baseball ahead. This isn't like they're even they're done playing baseball and you're trying to make a decision based off uh, these two guys being done. They're not. Let it play out. Let it see what happens. Or let's see what happens here. Brad asks, what's the worst baseball stadium you've covered the Pirates in? Hint, Brad, I'll be in it next Thursday. Wrigley Field. Uh, never have to hesitate on that one. What a dump. And I, I don't say that like, in a, like they just don't take care of it. You go to Fenway Park, which is even a little bit older than Wrigley, and they really, really, they put so much love and care into the place. Wrigley's just been allowed to just whatever. 
Can't say I'm looking forward to that component of being there. I am very much looking forward to covering the Pirates' 135th opener in Chicago next Thursday. Beckett asks, will Pittsburgh ever get an NBA team? The answer to that is a definitive no. Uh, it's actually not practical. Maybe not for the reasons you think. Everyone talks about, you know, well, how many fans would they get, whatever. That's not the issue. When I've talked to sports executives, and this has actually come up, their response is that there isn't enough of a corporate community in Pittsburgh to support four teams. And the way, on top of that, the way the leases are structured around here, the Penguins dominate PPG Paints Arena. And the NBA doesn't like having its teams, <clears throat> excuse me, be second tenants in a building. That's why even in places like Miami, they've made separate buildings for the for the Panthers and for whatever their NBA team is called. That's never going to happen here. You're never going to have two arenas the size of PPG Paints because you don't have enough events. Carl says, watching Tyler Anderson pitch, what's with that karate kid leg thing? It, it's not so much that it's a karate kid thing. It's that he's got the hitch. I, that, I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who Carl's asking about, he's a lefty, a veteran that the Pirates picked up this offseason. He's going to be in the rotation. He's actually kind of pitched okay. Uh, better than I think some people expected that he would. I have zero hopes for the guy. And I'm going to be honest with you, Carl. These older guys that are on the team, I really don't care. I'm not going to be getting into a whole lot of this or that about them in one direction or the other because they just don't matter. Dennis Horner asks, DK, what was what sports Pittsburgh sports figure was the most difficult to deal with as a sports writer or reporter? Oh, I mean, you you mean other than Tom Barrasso? I mean, I'm sure you've heard all those stories. Um, you know, Greg Lloyd from the Steelers was up there. Um, you know, the the baseball guys tend to be great. There's not a whole lot of those in that category, but you know, Keone Kella was was one recently with the Pirates. Before that, Jason Grilly. Um, you know, more, you know, two-faced than anything else. That's I, I, that's the part I can't stand is anybody that's that's two-faced. Grilly was like that. And as soon as everything was convenient, he'd be all like this. And then as soon as the camera was off, he was a completely different person. AMJ asks, how high are expectations for Adam Frazier after his torrid spring training? You mean to be traded? Because that's probably what's going to happen out of that scenario. Teams are probably going to want to see Frazier do these insane things that he's doing at the plate right now into the regular season, and we'll see how that goes. But he's been tremendous. I mean, he's been beyond tremendous. I mean, he's still hitting over 500 for, for crying out loud. Um, I only have time for a couple more today because I have to take off for the WPXI studios to, to tape something here. Uh, KC asks, if you're the GM of a baseball team and you're drafting first, do you take a pitcher that'll pitch once every five days or a position player that'll play every day? That's not the way I look at it. Um, it's, it's not like that. The way you look at it, if you're the Pirates, is you will never, ever be able to afford an elite starting pitcher through any means other than internal means, meaning the draft or international signings. That is it, unless you're procuring uh, prospects for veterans. An elite starting pitcher has to come from within. 
if you're the Yankees and the Dodgers, because of baseball's unfair economics, you can go ahead and do those things and say, well, we'll just take the player, position player, whatever, but that's not how it works. Justin says, Ron Hextall needs to make a move ASAP to bolster our bottom six. Can't say I'm surprised, though, that he hasn't. Are you concerned with his lack of urgency? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, you know, seeing a couple games against the Sabres certainly delays that sense of urgency. But we'll see how differently everybody feels after uh, a couple of games against the Islanders and then a couple more against the Bruins. Um, I'm on record, and I, I wrote about it in, in a pretty impassioned column earlier this week, that the time is now for Hextall and Brian Burke to act. These points do matter right now, even if they are, uh, even if they are against Devils and Sabres and, and, and so forth. Ryan says, you've talked about Major League, you talked a bunch about the Major League Baseball, CBA, and a possible cap. What's your honest percentage of this actually happening? I don't know right now, Ryan, I, I, because we haven't seen the acrimony yet. The acrimony is what defines these things. We saw a bunch of it last year in the middle of a pandemic, which should tell you a lot. Real nastiness. These people can't agree on the color of the sky when there are no clouds. Okay? So what I'm hoping for here is epic acrimony, just the absolute worst, so that the owners say, you know what, we are not, we're not getting on board with these guys on anything. We are just here to break them, just break them. Ron asks, what's your take on MLB retiring number 21? It's not going to happen. It's not. They've made up their minds that there's, a, there's an equivalency in their heads that if they retire 21, then they are putting somebody, anybody, on the same level as Jackie Robinson, and then that disrespects Jackie Robinson, which, is, of course, is nonsense. It's not as if there's one minority or one aggrieved minority in American society or in global society. Uh, Roberto Clemente stood for, for different things than Jackie's entry into Major League Baseball. Roberto represented a lot of different things to the Latin American community. There's never a need to compare and contrast them. It's just a matter of showing respect. You don't diminish Jackie one bit by retiring 21. All you're doing is showing the proper respect to a different situation and a different group of people. I have to thank everybody. I really have to run. You can't believe how fast I'm going to have to drive between here and Summer Hill where the WPXI studios are to make it in time. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for doing this uh, every day. This has been fun. We're going to be back again with these uh, next week on Monday. And I can pull this off. I might even do one from that, that certain uh, dump in Chicago next week. That'd be fun, huh? Uh, thanks to everybody again, and if you missed any part of this, know that it'll stay up on all these various platforms. It'll also be available uh, on all of your podcasting platforms.